I'm not sure why I went to Metropolis. I guess I just needed to talk to a grown-up. Someone who doesn't spend his days in a cave. And after everything that happened back in Gotham, I figured it was time I got out of the dark and tried my luck in the light. I'm here to see Clark Kent. Was he expecting... You, hello there. And what's your name? Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson? Miss Lane? Why does that name ring a bell? And why is he here to see Clark? Grayson. 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 Get me something on him, Jimmy. I'm on it. His office is right... I know the way. Thanks. Oh, he's gone. I walked past the secretary's desk and into the bustling office of the Daily Planet. Wall-to-wall cubicles of reporters and journalists, all fighting like animals over the next scoop, making my way over to the small corner office of Clark Kent, shutting the door behind me. Now, Jimmy! Fired? How can he fire you? He said, you're fired. It's not a job. It is to him. But your partners? Robin Hood and Little John? The Lone Ranger and Tonto? You're his good right hand. As Clark and I began to chat, I could hear the TV in the corner continue to speak. Footage of the president's limousine entering the city along a crowded parade. The president's motorcade has just rounded the corner and he is officially in Metropolis. Dick Grayson, Gotham City... Adopted ward of billionaire... Bruce Wayne. Yes. Thanks, Jimmy. His cave, his car, his rules. He pays the bills, Clark. And in his eyes, I screwed up. Clark, I wanted to... Oh, you have company. Dick Grayson, Lois Lane. Did you need something, Lois? As Lois Lane entered the room... It was hard for both Clark and I not to stare. A five-foot-six, black-haired beauty who carried herself with enough confidence to light up a room. Luckily, with the great Bruce Wayne's help, I wasn't bad at putting on the charm myself. I read your series on LexCorp. Pretty scathing stuff. Really? So, how do you and Clark know each other? Um, we're both hockey fans, and... Hockey? I've never heard Clark mention. I'm getting word now that the president's motorcade has now turned down Swan Drive. The sound of the reporter and my stupid excuse distracted both of us long enough so when we each turned around, Clark was gone. Clark? (laughs) That's just like him, always disappearing? As Lois turned back around, we were both gone. I was operating without costume or sanction. By your standards... I lost every right to be Robin, even if I kept some of the official gear. Take it out of my final paycheck, Bruce. As I dove off the roof of the Daily Planet, I knew there was no way I could beat Superman to the scene. But playing catch-up beat playing 20 questions with a prize-winning reporter. Hotty or not. As I grappled my way through Metropolis, I thought about what could possibly get Superman into action so quickly. My best hunch? It had something to do with the president being in town. 
Hail to the chief we've chosen for the nation. Hail to the chief we salute him one and all. Or Clark could be halfway to Jakarta to wrestle a volcano. Luckily, I was right though. The suicide bomber stood on the roof of a local apartment complex, waiting for the president's parade to pass right by him. I could certainly see why Superman didn't have a partner. As out of nowhere, his streak of red snatched the bomb vest off of the criminal and took it into the upper atmosphere where it exploded right in his hands. But Clark, Superman, descended with not a scratch on him. Couldn't wait for election day to cast your vote? Y you stopped me. That's what I do. Yeah, but what if there was two of us? A bipartisan decision. Hail to the chief we have chosen for the nation. Hey. Who are you? Without the mask and company colors, I had to explain myself. Obviously, there's a slight credibility gap when you're a hero in a hoodie and tennis shoes. Just a concern, citizen. As I landed behind a second bomber, he lost his footing, sending himself backwards and off the ledge. Hey! As he fell off the roof, I managed to reach out and grab him by the collar of his bomb jacket. This one looked as though he wanted to cry as he glanced between me and the pavement below. I don't wanna die! You did a second ago! No take backs! I hear a snap, and what I'm gripping goes loose. The fabric tearing as the bomb vest rips apart, sending this bomber out of my grasp and towards the streets below. And there I was, still holding a bomb that was continuously ticking towards zero. Double damn. I couldn't throw it. I couldn't drop it. Well, you've said it yourself. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. The only thing I could do was run, reducing the number of casualties to one. So I ran and I ran until I left off a rooftop ready for the thing to explode when suddenly I felt a grasp around my torso. Lighten up, kid. The timer's a failsafe in case the altitude detonator didn't ignite. It needs a 200-foot variance to sea level to go boom. <laughs> that was my idea. Who knew Superman had a sense of humor? Me under one arm, the would-be street pancake in the other. You can say what you want about him, but he can certainly multitask. Superman sent me back on the rooftop, dropped the bombers off at the Secret Service, and met me back on the roof of the Daily Planet. All in the day's work for the Man of Steel. The city turning a beautiful shade of gold as the sun began to set. Hockey? Really? It was the first thing I thought of. Lois can be... Intense. No offense, but she's a kitty cat compared with diving off a skyscraper while hugging a bomb. But selfless nonetheless. Or stupid. I kind of wanted your perspective. As a costumed hero? As an objective observer of the human race. As an alien, you mean? No offense. None taken. Actually, it's refreshing to drop the facade every now and again. Your mentor asked me the same question. Keeping me honest, I reckon. What made you take this route? 
Why don't I show you? The Fortress of Solitude. He took me to the Fortress of Solitude. He showed me a hologram of what seemed like ancient alien armor. A man inside. It had golden wings as he flew over an alien city. There was a hero of sorts on Krypton many centuries before my birth. He was cast out of his family, too. He dreamt of justice. He dreamt of helping the weak. He dreamt of showing his family that he was better than they gave him credit for. He used his talents and his skills to fight for those who couldn't fight for themselves. He became a legend. And did his family ever realize their mistake? Does it matter? I guess not. He flew unfettered anyway. What was his name? No one knew his real name. He was called only Nightwing. In rough translation, of course. I like it. Tea? Kryptonian tea? Only if Earl Grey was from Krypton. Sure. I watched as he grabbed a hold of two mugs, a couple of tea bags, and used his laser vision to heat up each mug before handing one off to me. You know, Dick, I'm not looking for a partner. That's not why I'm here. I just needed someone to talk to. Someone I respect. Someone who will understand. I'm not sure where to go now or what to do. I've taken a leave of absence from college to sort things out. Have you thought of simply pitching it all? Just living the rest of your life as Dick Grayson? That seemed like a really sane thing to do for about five seconds, but I've dedicated my life to being Robin. And I always thought... That someday you'd be Batman? I never told anyone that before. Do you know why I have this place? Don't know. Because everyone needs a place for their stuff? It's your super cave. That's part of it. But mostly... This fortress exists so that I'll have a piece of home to come to after the fighting is over and the villains are safely locked away. This is a place of solitude for me. It's all I have. Sometimes it's all I need. Do you have a place like that, Dick? Yeah. I did have a place just like that. But mine has always been a movable feast. And solitude was not an option. Lots of people claimed that they grew up in a circus. I learned to walk on sawdust. My first word was rube. At least here, the freaks and the dwarves and the clowns aren't always trying to kill you. I took Clark's word with a nod of respect. And he took me back to Gotham. He'd given me a lot to think about as I waved Superman goodbye. A red streak in the sky as he flew back to Metropolis. So, how did the Marauders do last night? The Marauders? Oh, they lost two to one in sudden death. I think they could have tied it up if Lafavre wasn't in the box for high sticking. Really? Really, Lois. The penalty on Lafavre allowed Gotham a power play in the final minutes. You know very well what I mean, Kent. You really expect me to believe you're into hockey when you've never mentioned it before in your life? Why the sudden interest in me, Lois? 
Could you be looking for something more than a professional relationship? You and I have no relationship, professional or otherwise, Clark. I was interested in Dick Grayson. Bit young for you, isn't he? You... you... Oh. Careful, Miss Lane. The planet is a family paper. And, of course, this entire time... I was left wondering how Alfred was handling things, but I probably knew exactly what he was doing. Polishing off a glass case with my Robin costume inside, keeping it ironed and pressed for the day he thought I'd return. Just for you to shoot down that notion the moment you emerge from the Batmobile after your nightly patrol. Look who's home. I told you not to do that. It's not a trophy or a memorial. Then perhaps it can serve as a reminder to the next hapless youth in your employ. The standards to which he must aspire. There won't be any others. I'm through with partners and sidekicks. Should I telephone Miss Gordon then and inform her that you won't be requiring her services any longer? Screen the outsider's calls as well? I'm hurt. I need mending. More than you realize, Master Bruce. You know what I mean. Indeed. Nightwing, Year One, Part Two. The City of Tomorrow. Directed, edited, and produced by Matthew Dawson. Based on comics by Chuck Dixon, Scott Bietti, Scott McDaniel, and Andy Owens. The voice cast for this episode by order of appearance include Ryan Doe as Dick Grayson, Stacy Clifton as The Secretary, Sharon Brown as Lois Lane, Nick Mercer as Jimmy Olsen, Jacob Dillon as Superman, Caleb Cucci and Jeremy Evick as The Bombers, Rob Patrick as Alfred, and Ray Stacanus as Batman. This production is the effort of the Mortalverse audio dramas and its volunteering associates. It is in no way affiliated with or representative of Warner Brothers or DC Comics and their characters. This project has been created by the fans for the fans to show our appreciation towards this franchise. This project has been released for free. Thank you to everyone who helped bring Nightwing Year One to life. Mortalverse Audio Dramas will always be grateful for your time and dedication to this project.